Did you know that around 40% of unmarried relationships and 25% of marriages have at least one instance of infidelity? If your partner has cheated on you, you're not alone. Betrayal can be one of the most painful and excruciating experiences in a relationship. As we talk about forgiveness, it's important to remember that forgiveness is not about excusing the behavior or forgetting what happened. It's about letting go of the hurt and anger so that you can move forward. In this episode, we are going to talk about some practical tips for how to forgive a cheater, including how to process your emotions, communicate effectively with your partner, and rebuild trust. Hi, I'm Brenda Reese, freedom and forgiveness coach, and a person just like you that is learning to navigate life and all of its challenges. I teach a forgiveness process like no other. It's a blend of practical and spiritual forgiveness. This process guides you into knowing how unforgiveness can be keeping you stuck in your relationships, both personally and professionally, and how it prevents you from releasing resentment and finding joy. Each week, I share practical and some not-so-practical tips, tools, and advice from myself and other people that are on this journey just like us. This is for you if you are ready to turn your pain into peace. Welcome to the Forgive Yourself Podcast. So today we are talking about how to forgive a cheater. And we're using this relationship guide to do a couple different things. And the what we're going to do is start with understanding why people cheat. This is important because it can help the cheating partner come to terms with their behavior. This also can help to prevent them from cheating on you in the future. Now, there are many reasons why people cheat. Some cheat because they're emotionally unsatisfied in their current relationship and they're seeking validation or emotional connection elsewhere. Others cheat because they have a fear of commitment or intimacy or because they have a history of past traumas. Some people cheat as a result of an addiction or an impulse control issue. Now, I know I was definitely more flirtatious. When I was in the midst of my alcoholism and back in the day, I went home with a couple guys I didn't even know. And so you can imagine lots of self-forgiveness for that time period in my life. Now, it's important to note that cheating is not always a black and white issue. There may be multiple reasons why a person chooses to do this. And it's important to understand that not everyone who cheats is a bad person. Seeking to understand the reasons, if possible, of course, before jumping to conclusions about their character might be helpful. So let's play the devil's advocate for a moment and let's take a look at how infidelity can affect the cheater. Okay, we're going to just be the devil's advocate here for a moment. Infidelity can have a profound impact on the cheater, both emotionally and psychologically. Okay, now, if you've been cheated on, I know that at least for a while, you want that cheater to feel your pain. You want them to be emotionally and psychologically affected. I know. 
that was my story in my last marriage. I wanted revenge, right? So what I'm about to say, you might start going, yeah, they deserve to feel this way, Brenda. But I'm sharing this as more of a way to bring in the understanding and compassion for what they are going through in case you do want to reconcile and stay in the relationship. Or maybe you're the one that is cheated, and this may help you understand what you're going through. So how infidelity can affect the person who cheated is the guilt and shame associated with cheating can lead to feelings of imperfection and low self-worth for them. They may experience intense feelings of regret and remorse for their actions, which is actually a good thing. They also might struggle to come to terms with what they have done. The fear of being discovered or losing their partner can also lead to feelings of anxiety and stress. Cheating, of course, causes a rift in your relationship and can cause them to feel disconnected from their partner which can lead to further emotional turmoil. Cheating leads to a loss of trust, not only in the partnership, but also in their own moral compass. And keep in mind that the effects of infidelity on the cheater are not always visible, but can cause long-term emotional damage. Now, can you forgive your partner for cheating? Forgiving infidelity is a personal decision that should be based on your own values, beliefs, and goals for the relationship. It's important to ask yourself some questions, such as, okay, we can't go back to where we were before the infidelity, so am I willing to do the work that it will take to rebuild the trust to move forward? Are we both willing to do the work? And then, can I move on with my partner without holding grudges? This, of course, is after the initial grief and pain, because we need to feel our feelings. When we have been hurt, allowing the feelings to be felt is key. And then we can move forward with asking ourselves these questions. Rebuilding a relationship after infidelity can be a difficult and long process, but it is possible with the help of a therapist, professional relationship coach, or a forgiveness coach. Because what therapists and coaches do is help you work through your emotions and provide guidance on how to communicate with your partner, rebuild trust, and make a decision about whether to stay in that relationship. You know, it's also about being honest with yourself and your partner about what was going on before the infidelity. This is a big one. Were you growing apart? Were you not communicating? Were both of you too busy at work or busy with the kids? Were you meeting each other's needs? Or were you just bored? Now, none of these questions excuse the behavior. Again, I'll repeat that. None of those questions excuse the infidelity. It's about being honest with ourselves and each other by taking the responsibility in the breakdown of the relationship, whatever that was for both of you. You will both need to be willing to take responsibility to move forward. 
The benefit of working through the issues that led to the infidelity can also help you learn how to avoid similar situations in the future. When you do this deeper work, you learn about yourself and any beliefs and patterns that could be showing up in this relationship. Because relationships are for growth and healing. And forgiveness is about letting go of that hurt and anger. Because holding on to those types of emotions, this anger that I was talking about, it erodes your happiness. And it makes it hard to reconcile any relationship. Now, if you do not stay together, you definitely do not want to take that hurt and anger into your next relationship, right? Okay. How many of us have done just that? I'm raising my hand. Okay, I've done that. I've taken the same belief, pattern, anger, hurt right into the next one, and it doesn't work. So let's talk about the process of forgiving a cheater and healing a relationship because this can be challenging and it can take some time. But I have four steps that I'd like you to think about if you have been cheated on or been a cheater. And if you're looking at reconciling or moving on in a relationship, the first step in the process is to take time to process your own emotions and feelings. This includes feelings of anger, hurt, betrayal, grief, and sadness. Now, as you may remember from a prior episode, we talked about how we aren't, you know, we're not taught to feel our feelings and in stuffing them They feel larger than life when we even start to feel them. Yet, when we allow the space for the hurt, the anger, the grief, and the sadness, they can pass through fairly quickly. That's what our bodies are designed to do. We aren't designed to hold on to these emotions. The emotions get stuck when we attach those stories to them and then repeat it over and over. And I also want to remind you, it's hard to heal what we don't feel. So learning to feel our feelings and allow that to be okay is going to be super valuable in your healing process. Step number two is to communicate effectively with your partner. This may involve setting boundaries, discussing expectations, and addressing any underlying issues that may have contributed to the infidelity. Now, this is a biggie, especially for most of us that did not have the conversation prior to marriage or committing to each other. And by conversation, I mean asking about values and morals and what do they think about commitment What is their definition of monogamy and cheating? Did you both want a monogamous relationship? Or what are the expectations of each other's roles? Okay, because we have these silent or or not talked about roles, right? There are so many questions that we do not ask each other, and we just assume that we both agree with those silent definitions. But remember that the silent definitions are based on our role models growing up. And most of our role models didn't have very good role models themselves. So the cycles continue. So no wonder we end up marrying our mom or dad and then wonder, what the heck? What happened? Well, we didn't have the conversation. 
We didn't know. So we're forgiving ourselves for that. We didn't know to have the conversation, but now you can. Asking these questions before the commitment is good, yet they can be revisited as the relationship changes and definitely after any infidelity or breach of an agreement. The third step is to rebuild trust. This can be a slow process, and it may involve taking small steps to regain trust over time. You should also take time to create a plan for moving forward, whether it's alone or together. Now, this includes setting boundaries again around what is and is not acceptable. The cheating partner needs to be willing to share phone information and their location and agree with you checking in with each other, whatever makes the other partner comfortable to be able to gain the trust back. That was really valuable in my situation. But when it happened to me in my prior marriage, he wasn't so agreeable after a short period of time to have me check in or be able to check his phone. And that did not help with the trust. Now, both partners getting and being clear that it will take time and that you both may need guidance and help from a professional is super important. Is it a deal breaker if one partner doesn't want to do that? I know for me, I agreed not to pursue the professional when it happened in my last marriage, and that did not go well at all. He didn't want any help due to the shame that he was experiencing, and I wanted to please him. I had my own low self-esteem and my own shame, and by the time we got to a therapist, it was too late. So step number four, do you stay or do you go? It's important to make a decision about whether to stay in the relationship and work on healing together or to move on. Now, this is not something probably to be decided right away, but it is something that needs to be considered. Because some people just say, get the hell out. You're a dirtbag. I don't want anything to do with you. Not even giving the other person a chance. Now, I'm basing this on a one-time infidelity, not a serial cheater. This person that I just mentioned that wants to push people out of their lives because they are so hurt and probably feeling shame for what other people will think about them and the situation, this means that they probably have some deep inner work themselves to do. Because we all make mistakes. And again, if it's not a serial type of situation where they cheat all the time, it may be worth taking a look at what are you making this mean about you. If you have a strong reaction like that, if you're trying to push them away, what are you making this mean about you? Why are you wanting to push them away? Where else has this happened in your life? You know, I remember the therapist that we finally went to in my last marriage, And I remember him saying to me, Brenda, this isn't about you. He has his own insecurities and control issues that doesn't have anything to do with you. It was so relieving to hear him say that. Now, I did have my own work to do, though. I was carrying so much guilt and shame 
for not being good enough, sexy enough, young enough, just not enough. That was my work, not his. We both had responsibility of going into this relationship with our baggage. And what happened was it was revealed through this infidelity. So we both had work to do. And we chose to work separately and not stay in the relationship together. That was our choice. That doesn't have to be your choice. So have some patience. I know it's hard when we hurt deeply and we want the quick fix. Yet making an informed decision of whether to stay or go, that is best for both of you and kids if there are any, will take some time and you are worth taking the time. So in closing, if you have been wondering how to forgive a cheater, it is important to first understand why people cheat. Then how infidelity is affecting the person that has cheated. Asking some hard questions like, are you willing to do the work to forgive the person and be totally honest with yourself and each other about what led to the breakdown? And then visiting this four-step process that I mentioned. Number one, take time to process your own emotions and feelings. This may include feelings of anger, hurt, betrayal, grief, and sadness. And then get help to process those. Step number two is to communicate effectively with your partner. This may involve setting boundaries, discussing expectations, and addressing any underlying issues that may have contributed to the infidelity. The third step is to rebuild trust. This can be a slow process and may involve taking small steps to regain trust over time. You should also take time to create that plan for moving forward. Really important to have a plan and not just wing it. And step number four, do you stay or do you go? It's important to make a decision about whether to stay in the relationship and work on healing together or to move on. And remember. There's no shame in getting help around this because what we're looking at is usually some beliefs and patterns of our own because relationships are for growth and healing, which means that our partners reflect for us some things that we've denied, repressed, and rejected about ourselves. So therefore, they can be a mirror for us to see what we get to heal within ourselves. And that is coming up in another episode. So thank you for listening today. And please let me know what you thought about the episode and what is your experience with infidelity and healing. Thank you so much for listening to the Forgive Yourself podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at brindareissscoaching.com for more show notes and additional episodes. And would you do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show? That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the Forgive Yourself podcast. Take care.